Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Everyman's Odyssey podcast, where we explore the challenges and values of authentic masculinity through sharing stories and ideas. I'm your host, Cole McClure. Now, when I first started the podcast, uh, I wrote out a long list of ideas for topics that I wanted to cover. And one of the things that I wrote down was discussing weighing the differences and pros and cons between stoicism and and the idea of being a stoic man versus uh, an authentic and expressive man. So the time came to start writing that episode. So I started doing research into what stoicism really meant. And it turned out I really knew nothing about it. Um, so these last uh, month or so, uh, I've really been digging deep into Stoic philosophy and the root of it and how it applies in our lives and how it applied to to their lives as the founders of Stoicism um, and even some of the influences that that had on the early Christian church and the apostles. And what I came to find is that being Stoic uh, in the sense of its true meaning of stoicism is not at all not being authentic or not being true to yourself or not being honest about your emotions or shutting them down. It's more about being in control of those things and recognizing the difference between what you are controlling and what you're not controlling. So instead of highlighting the differences between these two things, which which aren't actually contradictory at all, I wanted to take some time and instead explain what I've learned and, and kind of defining what true Stoicism really is and what that looks like. So hopefully you enjoy this and I know I got a lot out of it personally and I learned a lot. So I'm gonna share some of the things that I learned with you guys here. So to start, Stoicism actually started in roughly 300 BC uh, by a man called Zeno. He was a merchant, uh, a wealthy man who lost everything uh, when he became shipwrecked. And that was kind of an awakening to him and realizing what he controls and what he doesn't control and being happy in the things that you have and being comfortable with losing those things and still finding peace. Um, there were other you know, great Stoic philosophers who would follow after him. Um, Epictetus is one of the most famous ones who is actually a slave and would be tortured brutally by his Roman uh, slave master. And even during these times of torture, he would find inner peace and after he had gained his freedom and ended up being exiled and then comes back and he ends up being in close circles uh, with Nero and observing these wildly wealthy men be absolutely miserable and slaves to wealth and he realized then that he was actually more free than these men because he had learned to live without uh, of course, another very famous Stoic philosopher, uh, one of the most famous, is Marcus Aurelius. 
who was uh, the Roman emperor in, I believe, roughly the early 100s AD. And he had actually wrote journals to himself, um, giving himself advice and, and thinking about Stoic philosophy and, and what it meant to be not just a good leader or a good man, but a good person. Uh, and the core of which is about doing good for others. And these journal entries were later discovered uh, after his death and compiled into a book called Meditations that I've been going through recently. And it is incredible and still quite relevant today, you know, even though this was, you know, 2000 years ago at this point. So I highly recommend uh, if you don't have or have never read Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, you should absolutely pick it up. But back to defining uh, Stoicism, it basically breaks down to these four core values. And those core values are courage, justice, discipline, and wisdom, which for this format makes it really easy to break down. We're just going to go through those one at a time. And we're going to start, of course, with courage. Uh, and it's not even necessarily, you know, strictly applying to courage in battle, even though Marcus Aurelius led, led in battle many times. Uh, it it focuses a lot on personal, internal, and moral courage about doing the right thing and living your life in a way that uh, is often said is honoring and in sync with nature and the natural way that things are supposed to go and the way that humans are supposed to treat each other and the way that we are supposed to act uh, and interact with the world around us. So there's this expression in Stoicism, uh, memento mori, which means remember you will die. And that may not necessarily sound like a courageous thought to be, to be thinking of death. Um, but I think in its application, it's about making peace with that and not being afraid not being afraid to speak up, to do the right thing. Because um, remember, you will die. And you need to be comfortable with that fact because no one gets out of it. So with that recognition, make the choices that you won't regret. Another thing that Marcus Aurelius says is that something he's saying to himself in his journal is what matters. And what matters is that you, quote, just that you do the right thing. The rest doesn't matter. Whether you're cold or warm, tired, well-rested, despised or honored, dying or busy with other assignments, because dying too is one of our assignments in life, there as well, to do what needs doing. And that actually really spoke to me because I, I think I sometimes make excuses for myself about particularly being tired. I'm always tired. You know, <laughs> I've, you know, a full-time job, waking up early. I've got kids that always seems to be busy and there's always a reason to be tired. Um, but it doesn't matter 
if you're tired or well rested. It doesn't matter if it's cold. It doesn't matter what else is going. The only thing that you need to focus on is that you do the right thing. And again, that comes back to moral courage and not making excuses for yourself. Because uh, the only thing that matters is that you do what's right. It doesn't matter what other people are doing. It doesn't matter what external influences may be impacting your decisions. What matters is that you do the right thing. And that also kind of leads into the next category, the core value of justice. I think it's easy to get frustrated in our day and age because it is very easy to find injustice in the world. And it's easy to, to take it upon ourselves and think like, well, you know, if I was in charge, I would do things differently, or this person deserves this, or the punishment should be greater here, but not for me because, you know, I of course wouldn't do those things. And, and justice is not blind, even, you know, if we try to wield it ourselves. Um, so actually there was a, a scripture, Romans twelve nineteen, it says, never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. And I think the reason that spoke to me in this application is that phrase of leave room for the wrath of God. So when it comes to justice, now obviously we have systems in place and people in authority to make decisions and carry out justice in our society and in our world. Um, but in our relationships and in our personal lives, we tend to, or at least I sometimes can be prone to wanting to dole out the justice myself. Well, I, I will act out or react in a certain way based on what I believe someone deserves. Now that takes away from, from the power and the honor that God has and, and is his responsibility to provide that justice because everyone else has some sort of flaw or vulnerability or corruption. So no one other than God can perfectly deal out that justice and provide grace maybe where you don't think it should be applied. But if you were in that position, you would want it for yourself. And it reminded me of something that I actually uh, was talking about recently with my brother-in-law in an interview that will be coming out shortly. Um, there was a point in my life where I felt like I needed to be doing something and it just wasn't working out. And so I asked God, what do you want me to do? Nothing. And he said, yes, do nothing because you're so busy moving. You never see me move. And I think, I think that actually applies here is we're so wrapped up in this idea of social justice or wanting to see things a certain way that we forget who's responsible at the end of the day. So I think justice also requires a little bit of humility on our part, recognizing that we don't have the final say in what that looks like. Uh, as another verse, Micah 6, 8. He has told mortal one what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, 
to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. And again, these ideas end up breaking down so simply. And I love this idea to do justice is an act that you should be carrying out in your daily life. And again, that kind of loops back to moral courage. Um, when you're doing justice and acting that out, that's not necessarily an act of enforcement. It's your behavior and you living your life justly. And again, to love kindness, you cannot appropriately have a just perspective on other people if you also don't have a love for people and for showing them kindness and to walk humbly with your God. And again, like I said, it requires a sense of humility to understand that you will live your life in a just manner. That's what you're responsible for. Everything else, you bring kindness and you bring humility. And one last Bible passage here for justice. It's Luke 18, verses 1 through 7. And this is talking about uh, Jesus. And he says, He was telling a parable to show that at all times you ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, In a certain city there was a judge who did not fear God, nor did he respect man. There was a widow in that city, and she kept coming to him, saying, Give me legal protection from my enemy. For a while, the judge was unwilling. But afterward, he said to himself, Even though I do not fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming to bother me, she will wear me out. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now will not God bring about justice for his people who cry to him day and night, and will he delay long over them? And so this, you know, in this instance, it's talking about prayer and how God will not just leave you unanswered forever um, and to persevere through that. And sometimes when we seek justice and we're just, we feel wronged, we're constantly seeking out this resolution and get frustrated that it's not done in our timing or in our way. Um, but remember, you don't want it to be done all your way because you should recognize how imperfect you are and be grateful that it is out of your control. What is in control is how you behave. You behave the right way. And if someone wrongs you, that justice will be served and you just have to trust in that process. And maybe it doesn't look the way that you want it to, and maybe not in the timing, maybe in a way that you never even see, but you just have to trust that there is justice in our world and believe that there's a higher power that holds that authority. The next core value is discipline. And Epictetus breaks it down in a very simple phrase. It's persist and resist. You persist in what is good and you resist what is bad. You persevere through the hard things and resist falling into the habits and actions that are tempting 
but a waste of your time and energy, and in many cases, destructive and counter to how you want to live your life anyways. And you can go on and on about the intricacies and specific details about this, but I think with everything that I struggle with, I can break it down to these two things, find the good that I need to persist on doing, even when it's hard, and the bad that I need to resist, even when it's in my face and readily available and so tempting, persist and resist and have the wisdom, which we'll cover here in a minute, to know where to apply which of those. Uh, Marcus Aurelius says, don't assume it's impossible because you find it difficult. Recognize that if it's humanly possible, you can do it too. And I put this under the discipline category because that applies in so many things that, that we can often set out to do, but feel like, you know, we can see somebody who's more successful in this particular area that we want to be better at. And we can find something about them that we don't have and say, well, it's impossible for me. You know, they have this, or they came from this background. They have this experience. Of course, they're more successful at that, but I couldn't do that. And yes, you can. You know, it may not be as natural or as easy or as fast as some of the people that you're looking up to in those areas. But if it can be done, then it can be done by you. And having the discipline and the drive to see that through is really the only thing that's holding you back from those things. So I like that, you know, he doesn't make excuses or, or give any leeway just because somebody else may have better circumstances. If it can be done, then it can be done by you. Uh, another great thing that, that Marcus Aurelius says about wisdom, he asks himself in his diary, what am I doing with my soul? Interrogate yourself to find what inhabits your so-called mind and what kind of soul you have now. Is it a child's soul, an adolescent, a woman, a tyrant? Do you have the soul of a predator or is it prey? And that comes down to a lot of honesty with yourself and, and what are you letting into your mind that influences your soul that that if you take a look, and I love this phrase here, interrogate yourself, be aggressive and ask hard questions of yourself and find out what am I thinking about on a daily basis? What am I pursuing? What am I desiring? Are the things that I'm chasing after childish or fleeting? Am I chasing after power? that I know that I'm, I'm not ready for, or I would abuse? Am I chasing after things that make me weak? Am I looking for the easy way out or just to check out and not have to deal with my problems? Find out and take accountability and take stock of who you are right now and find the good, find the bad, find the areas that you need to persist in and find the areas that you need to resist in. And the last virtue that we're going to discuss here is wisdom. 
And again, Epictetus says, the chief task in life is simply this, to identify and separate matters so that I can say clearly to myself which are externals not under my control and which have to do with the choices I actually control. Where then do I look for good and evil? Not to uncontrollable externals, but within myself to the choices that are my own. And that's this beautiful foundation. That is the crux of Stoicism. There's two things in life. There are things that you cannot control. And there are things that you can control. So find the difference. What you can control, work to perfect it. And what you can't control, learn to accept it. And that's it. And finding those things and working on recognizing the difference on a moment-to-moment -moment basis. Every situation that you encounter, every decision that you have to make, understand what the variables are. What can I do and what can I not do? What is outside of my control that's trying to influence me? And what am I in control of and able to do to deal with that? And you are always in control of your thoughts, your emotions, your opinions, your reactions, and the way that you treat those around you. A lot of the other things you cannot control. So certainly don't let them control you. And there's a passage from the Bible regarding wisdom. And this comes from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. And speaking of wisdom, it says, She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire compares with her. Long life is in her right hand, and her left hand are riches and honor. And throughout the book of Proverbs, over and over again, wisdom is personified as a woman by using she. Speaking of wisdom as a woman, it made me think of what we had talked about in episode four, how the Bible describes woman as a significant helper and a rescuer. And I don't think it's coincidence or accident that wisdom is personified in this way. I think it's very intentional to describe wisdom as this characteristic that is your rescuer. To me, it means that a pursuit of and an attainment of wisdom is taking hold of something that can help us recognize and save us from our own ignorant and destructive tendencies. Focusing on wisdom grants us a better understanding of ourselves, but more importantly, an understanding of what God would have us do with our time and the role that we play in our world. And so I think this pursuit of wisdom is foundational to what true Stoicism is. And I think wisdom and humility go hand in hand. And there's a Stoic expression that says, a man cannot learn what he thinks he already knows. So you have to have the humility to recognize there's so much 
in the world that you don't know or don't know well enough. And so this constant pursuit of self-improvement is what leads to all these other things. You seek out wisdom and you ask yourself the hard questions and you recognize your flaws and your strengths and you learn to recognize that other people have similar struggles and you can't control that. You can't control the way that they treat you. You can only control how you treat other people, how you treat yourself, and how you make your own decisions. Now, I'm still learning so much about Stoic philosophy, and I'm not even finished with the meditations book yet. And as soon as I am finished, I'll probably start it again. And it is very interesting to see some of those influences and some of the the teachings that, for instance, Paul the Apostle, um, there are a lot of similarities between how he preaches the good news and how he gets through his life where he ends up being imprisoned and tortured and still is giving praise and grateful for these opportunities to suffer. And there's a lot of parallels between that peace of mind that you find in Jesus and the peace of mind that comes through a philosophy that aligns with the way Jesus lived his life as well. So I was actually really excited about everything that I had learned while I was going through this. Um, I think we're going to cover more on the next episode as well and just kind of discuss more about what this looks like in a practical sense. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope you learned something. Again, stay tuned for the next episode where we'll talk about how we can live out these four virtues. And as always, if you have any questions, feel free to hit me up on social media or send an email. And don't forget to submit a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on and check out the Patreon. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Take care.